Hola, and welcome to La Receta, a podcast that highlights the hidden stories of Latinx talent across different industries, used to create awareness and inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Miguel Lopez Ixta. Today I will be chatting with Juan Ramirez, a good friend of mine and a software engineer at a leading cybersecurity company. Oh, all right. So this is the first, <laughs> the first podcast that I'm going to be recording during the quarantine. It's kind of weird time thinking about like how the future is going to look and whatnot. But um, today I'm here with one of my friends, Juan. Met him back in high school, um, and he went to OSU. Does a bunch of tech stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you want to introduce yourself to everyone, it's pretty chill, laid back, just conversation, I guess. Yeah, man. I'm from Woodburn, but it hasn't always been that way. I graduated from OSU, but I also went to Chemeketa Community College for my first two years. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm just the uh, older brother of two. And uh, what was your degree? My degree was in computer science. So nice. Basically, from when I started at Chemeketa, I knew that that's what I wanted to do, and and I grinded basically. That's cool. That's funny. My little my little brother actually wants to do computer science. Oh yeah, science. yeah. Bro, get him into it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him. Yeah, hit him one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. So, um, well, first of all, how have you been, like? During, like, this time, like, are you still working? Like, you know, how's your family? How's everything for you guys going right now? Yeah, um, so far, so good. Um, still working every day, so I'm keeping pretty busy doing that Monday through Friday. Afterwards, I don't have much to do. I, like, usually go to the gym or go go do something to keep myself busy, but now I'm just mm-hmm. looking for something to do. <laughs> but I guess it's better than what... A lot of people are experiencing right yeah. now, so I'm counting my blessings. That's good. Um, all right, so I guess so. We're gonna divide the podcast into three different parts. The first part is, um, if you want to talk a little bit about your childhood, um, maybe like your roots, your family roots, and then we'll just move on from there. Cool, cool. So to start with my roots, I guess I'd have to start with my parents, and mm-hmm. um, I guess to know a little bit about them, you have to know where they're from. They're from a small rancho in Mexico, Michoacan. I think it's like <laughs> a couple hours away from Apatzingan, but it's called Naranjito. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm from Apatzingan. Okay, That's cool. Funny. So we're just a couple hours away, it sounds like. Tierra Caliente. <laughs> <laughs> um, from what I know, they both kind of had a little bit of a rough upbringing. My dad's uh, dad passed away when he was like a young teenager. My mom, mm. My mom's parents separated when she was really small, so she didn't really meet her mom until she was way older. She just grew up with the grandparents and her dad Dang. back and forth. So they both kind of always been really like tough, hardworking people and always looking out for their younger siblings. Something that mm-hmm. I feel like they really passed on to me because I have two younger brothers and they've always been like, oh, nice. take care of your younger brothers, like do positive things so they can do. Mm. Um, from what I know, my dad eventually came to the U.S. just for, you know, economical reasons, money, yeah. got to work, got to make he had a kid, you got to do stuff, you got to do what you got to do. And so um, 
he he was sending money back to my mom and eventually she was like well for this to work i'm gonna have to be with you so she <laughs> so she had him bring her over and she came over um my dad was always working like different jobs i guess he would be out in the fields construction he was like just grinding in different things really yeah uh my mom the hustle yeah he just did what he had to did and then my mom was mostly stay at home because she always had a little kid after another. Basically, my brothers are six years apart. Once I was able to go to elementary, my other my other one was born, and then once he was able mm. to go to elementary, the other one was born. So she was just oh, taking man. care of the babies, basically. Yeah. Eventually, she started working in agriculture as well. Mm. But <clears throat> yeah, from like early childhood, one thing I can remember that was pretty consistent was that nothing was really consistent. Uh, mm. Like I, I was counting and I moved around between from when I started elementary school to when I graduated high school, moved 12 times. Oh, dang. Yeah. That's like every year. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, like sometimes it was just multiple times yeah. a year. But essentially it made me go to like four or five different school districts. I went to... Dang. And always in Oregon? All in Oregon. Different... All in okay. Oregon. So, yeah, I think we ended up in Oregon because my dad's brother was already here. So mm. it was just natural for him to come here. Yeah, I, I ended up going to like Oregon City Elementary Schools. I went to schools in Portland. I went to Jervis, Oregon High School. Uh, that's just like a couple miles away. I, I, re I remember you transferred from there. Yeah, right? from Jervis yeah. and then Woodburn. for my last year of high school, I went to Woodburn. That was where I graduated from. Uh, through it all, I guess I know quite a bit of people and uh, I'm always pretty comfortable with meeting new people. Um, that's good how was all that do you think like it impacted like the way like you learned or like your education any of that stuff I think I just knew that I had to put in work um, mm -hmm. my grades never really slipped up and I think that was kind of cool like I was able to keep my head down and just work and uh, control what I could control I guess um, yeah that's a good way to put it yeah sometimes it's I remember like crying to my parents like come on I don't want to move I, I have my friends here mm -hmm. like Oh, yeah. yeah, but you got to do what you got to do there. They, they didn't have money. You know, sometimes things would get rough and then you got to yeah. move from place to another because rent is cheaper. Or you can't afford the rent there. Landlords are kicking you out. I'm sure they felt rough, uh, too. You know, like seeing your kid crying. But what, what can you do? You don't have the money to control that. Yeah, that's crazy. And so elementary, you said it was, it, your grades were pretty good. You just, you know. You just moved around. What about middle school? How was middle school? Because you, you said you stayed in middle school for like all middle school, right? Yeah, all three years, all three years in Portland. Place. And that was pretty cool. Like I had a lot of friends that were wilding and, and getting into trouble. And sometimes I would too. <laughs> but at the same time, teachers would always like scold me like, come on, man, set an example for these other kids while you're the one getting good <laughs> grades. And, you know, you're young, so you just mess around and yeah. do things. But my grades always stayed good. That's good. And then so like, so you finished middle school and you're starting high school, but this time you move all the way from Portland to Jervis. Yeah. And for the people that don't know Jervis, Jervis is like a little small ass town that not that many people. There's what there at that time, there was one little market called the Jervis market. And mm. basically there's the high school, the middle school at that time and that little market. <laughs> That's all you got. So it was a big shift where it's like, Basically in Portland, I could hop on, hang out with my, hop on the max, hang out with my friends, go anywhere, even as like a eighth grader. And then 
at high school you can't drive yet so you're just like what do we really <laughs> do in this little town damn did you still talk to a lot of your friends from middle school once you like moved you know eventually like at first yeah but eventually only a few stuck and i have like two of my best friends are from middle school actually mm. which is kind of crazy because every once in a while we link up and we we talk about old times and we go do something but not that many damn. at the end you end up with a few and i ended up with two really good friends that's cool that's dope um so high school going through high school how was high school for you like your whole like transition from portland to this little town your grades and all that stuff how was all that yeah uh i think at first it was rough uh like i didn't really like being at jervis but i knew that i wanted to get good grades to get out basically mm. and good grades were always your priority yeah like, good yeah grades, pretty good much like People were worried about other things, you know, in high school, how it goes, like, there's a lot of, yeah. like, dating and drama and <laughs> stuff like that. I was just worried about getting good grades. I remember... That's good. <laughs> I remember, like, always doing my homework on the floor. Like, we didn't have a desk, so we were just, like, doing mm. homework on the floor. Uh, but for sure, I was always going to get get it done no matter what. And then uh, I remember, you know, those assemblies that they do where they give out awards? Yeah. I remember one of them... I went up like six times, bro, for like all of my classes. Dang. Yeah, yeah it was cool. It, it was a little annoying because I felt like, like eventually people would be like, bro, stop. They can get mad. Like, bro, chill. Let, let us get one. <laughs> <laughs> so how was, uh, you know, you were saying that there was a lot of times where, you know, it was hard at home. Like, how was high school and home? I mean, I look back at it and I realized that, like, we were poor, yeah. But at the same time, I was blessed to have both my parents, like... Like, think about it. Not everyone has a dad and a mom that they can come home mm -hmm. to and, and talk to. And so, like, my dad was always working, pretty much. And so, like, he gave me that example. Like, you got to work hard for what you want and you got to keep moving no matter what's going on. And then my mom was always, like, the, like, like the emotional reassurance that I needed sometimes, you know, where you come home and talk to her and, yeah. Mm. And so... Were all the three years that you were at Jervis, were they all a breeze? Like, you just went straight through them? Like yeah, high school was easy. It was like, I, I didn't really have to go that hard. Like, I did my homework, right? But it wasn't like I challenged mm -hmm. myself too much. Eventually, I, I got sick of the feeling of always being like, this is boring. I don't want to be here. So I like was like, might as well get involved. So, like, I played soccer my first year. I, I wasn't mm -hmm. that good, but I played soccer my first year. I would, like... They had a Dornbecker pageant. I would uh, go help out with nice. that. Like, you know, like I couldn't just be in that mood where I'm like, I hate it here. It's you got to eventually yeah. assimilate or just what are you going to do? Be miserable the whole time. It doesn't work. <laughs> and so when did all that transition happen? Like, when was it that your parents decided like, oh, yeah, we're moving to Woodburn? Oh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, my junior year, middle of it. We got evicted, bro. We got kicked out of our, our house. Mm. So uh, we moved to this little trailer out in Monitor. I don't know. That's out mm -hmm. in the back roads. Yeah, Monitor. That's where all the quince yeah. used to be back then. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, I thought I was going to switch schools at that point. But I, they let me finish out my junior year at Jervis by taking a little bus back and forth. Yeah. And then I got clowned. I got clowned a lot for riding that little <laughs> bus. But they were always like... Bro, how are we clowning him for riding, like, a little bus, but he's the smartest one out of us? <laughs> I was like, man, you guys got to stop. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So you start senior year, like, at this point, have you thought about, like, college yet? 
I wanted to go, but I didn't know how I was going to go, basically. Mm. Um, well, yeah, I got there and it was the same thing. A little bit of like, oh, I have to meet new friends. But it wasn't as bad because Woodburn is like, everyone's kind of like me. Everyone, like, mm. there's a lot of people that have good grades. There's a lot of brown people. There's a lot of people yeah. that have like big, big goals, you know, and... Yeah. And we come from the same background. Like there's a lot of people yeah. that were poor like me. Like it's not Yeah. It's not too much different. I mean, like even now, some of our friends from right now are like from that from that year. Like that's a that's my strongest friend group right now from that year. Mm. Yeah, I guess I knew I wanted to go. I didn't know how I was gonna go. I remember going to conferences. You know how they have two sets of conferences for the year? Yeah. Uh there was a teacher called Thomas Gazola. Mm. Uh he he sadly passed away a couple years after high school, but I remember we sat down in conferences and he, he looked at my grades and he said, are these how your grades are normally? And I said, pretty much, yeah. He said, literally, you can do whatever you want to do after high school. And I think I needed to hear those words because at that point mm-hmm. it was like, I, I couldn't put it through my head that a broke kid that like had moved so much was going to be able to go to college and like be something Mm -hmm. of himself even though he had the skills yeah i remember that that was really really sad um and senior year you you did good as well i did good until the last semester i remember i I was starting to get a little sad about it because i was like i don't have money to go to school i don't know what i'm gonna do like Mm -hmm. like i was like why even try like what's the point if if i'm not even gonna go to school why am i why am i putting all this work for and and there wasn't like and there wasn't any conversations with your parents about this. They didn't have cash, so it was like, what yeah. was I gonna do? Tell them, hey, pay for my dorm at OSU, like this and that. Like they can barely yeah. afford rent. Like what are they really gonna do? Eventually, I found out that there was a program called Chemeca the Scholars. Basically, mm-hmm. at that point, there was no free tuition for two years at college campuses from the state yet. So it was just mm-hmm. a program from the school directly, and. Um, it was basically if you had a 3.5 GPA or above, they would give you the two years free, first two years free. And then you, I think in between your two years, you had to do like eight hours of volunteer service. Um, I knew I wanted to, to get in and get out in two years. And so I took like a summer term. I would take like 21 credits. Mm-hmm. And then there's a mall in Woodburn. So at the same time, I was working to pay off the extra credits that I would take over 18. Where were you working? I was working at Levi's, selling Ooh. jeans. Mm-hmm. You had all the fresh jeans on. Yeah, I still have a giant <laughs> stack. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So you're the you're the oldest, right? How were your parents' reactions to like after like you graduated high school, like them seeing you walk and all that stuff? Well, so I remember graduation, they both came out, they both gave me a hug. Um, I think at that point it was for me to figure it out, you know, like, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to just start working and and help us out a bit? Or are you going to go to school? Mm -hmm. And like, that that's cool. If you go to school, they were welcoming to the idea because they knew that if I was going to do that, I was going to at least push push forward. So Mm -hmm. in that case, they they, like, weren't going to charge me rent when I was living at home at when I was going to Jamaica, they, I think my dad was paying for my car insurance to drive back and forth. So they were pretty supportive at that point. Um, th- even then, though, like I, I was working at Levi's to pay a little bit at the classes. I worked in the fields a little bit over the summers to, to build up money. I think by nice. the end of it, I had like $2,000 saved up for to go over to OSU. And then 
I looked at the cost of OSU, and it wasn't two thousand dollars. It was way more. <laughs> so I was like, "What am I gonna do?" So at the end of Chemeketa, I found out about this program called the MeCop. MeCop basically、mm-hmm. lets you apply for.、Uh, it's an internship program that hooks you up with. Once you get in, it hooks you up with two internships that last six months,、mm-hmm. and they're both real world tech experience companies within the、mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest. And they pay you like a minimum of nineteen bucks at the time. I think it was.、Mm. So for six months, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's more than I had ever made at that point. Yeah. So for that that point, working six months, I just saved up all that money. But the, that internship didn't start till the end of my junior year, so I had to find a way to pay for the first six months, the、Three. first two terms of、uh, Oregon、yeah. State.、Uh, so I had my my little bit of savings, but I remember I told my mom like, "I'm gonna go. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna go." And she said, "Well, I'm gonna help you." So she she had been she had started working a little bit because you know she was a stay at home mom for a while, and she had my、yeah. little brother. He was probably he's probably just getting into the age where he was going into elementary. And what what are your little brother's names? So Victor is nineteen, and he's at Oregon State now. And oh nice, Henry's thirteen, and he goes to Valor Middle School in Woodburn. That's dope. Yeah, yeah.、Cool. So my mom was like, "I'm gonna help you," and、uh, she. She started working in the fields. I remember that, and she she would literally hand me her checks and be like, "All right, use this one for school," and that's how like she and my little bit of savings helped me pay for the first six months of college at, at Oregon、Dang. State. Yeah, I remember it was like a lot of pressure because it was like this isn't just my money. This is my mom's like hard earned like work. What am I gonna do if I fail a class or something? I'm not. I'm not gonna let her、yeah. down that way because she works too hard for me to be out here being dumb. Yeah, and then so you had to pay for those first six months. First six months, yeah. I had to scramble for money basically, like rent, because I wasn't living on the on the campus rent at that point because I was already a junior. So I lived with、uh, some friends that I knew that were down there. I think rent was like four hundred bucks, utilities. Then on top of that, tuition. And you didn't qualify for financial aid. Nah. Nope. That's crazy, yeah. dude. Damn, that's so inspiring. And so the six months finally go by, and you're finally going to start your um your internship. How was that? That was <laughs> how exciting was that? Yeah, it was cool. So to go six months, you have to drop a semester or a, or a term at OSU. So spring term. I, I moved out of my house. I came back home, and then I was going to intern at this company called Precoa, which is a marketing company out in Tigard.、Mm-hmm. I was going to do web development for them.、Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Everyone was like young. They were like between twenty five to thirty, so it was like always like lunch, and like everyone was super super fun basically to be around. I remember it was still a culture shock though, because it was like I was the only brown person in the whole. In the whole like building, and you're coming from Woodburn, and I'm coming from Woodburn. Like I remember, you get assigned a mentor, and my mentor, he grew up in Hermiston, so he he grew up with a lot of Mexicans. Where all the watermelons are at? Yeah, so I heard. Ooh. So he grew up with a lot of Mexicans, so he was super into like hanging out with me and like like telling me about his upbringing a little bit and learning about mine. So that was cool.、Mm-hmm. But I remember there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. Like I had never worked in a professional environment like that. I had never. Yeah, like I had never like sat down from eight to five on a desk and just coded away. Like 
that for me that was tough i was like man my back hurts from sitting down like i'm not getting any exercise like i do out in the field sometimes like, yeah, yeah yeah i'm not talking to people that much um so i just found ways to make it good for me like i remember they assigned me projects i would like go find out all the like requirements so i would go talk to like the business people and set up meetings with them i was like a 19 year old kid setting up meetings for like all the like 10 people and I was leading it and they I remember at one point I led one meeting with the with like the business specialists and and then like it went pretty well and I remember I felt really good after it and like I had all, all I needed to start developing a website and then my mentor got an email right after from the business people were like whoa this guy's an intern like he did really well how, how how'd you find him basically Dang, that's so dope yeah and I was like man this is pretty cool that's easy compared to being in the fields, but hard at the same it time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and my buddies sometimes talk about it because I do have computer science friends. And sometimes we're like, and they, some, some of them also grew up in agriculture and they're like, bro, we get paid way more than we should get paid for like the grind that people put out in the fields, honestly. Yep. It's crazy how the world works. Yeah. Damn. So you went through the internship. It sounded like it was really good. It was good. Um, then what happened after? I came back to school for a year. I took a lot of the like the big hard classes. I think that year, uh, I think that was the the senior year. You take like a senior design, like three term year at OSU. Mm-hmm. Basically, you work in a group. Uh, you you build something, and at the end, you present it like in an expo kind of thing. And through through all these like hard classes and everything, like never once in your mind did it cross that you didn't want to do computer science anymore. Nah, not that. I think what it was sometimes that you get like, you know, that imposter syndrome feeling. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. where it's like, do I actually belong here? And then yep. I don't know. I think eventually you have to shake that off. I shook it off and I was like, why not? Like, why can't I do this? I think that was the most challenging part, like telling myself you can do this, but mm. not I, I never figured I should do something else because I, I didn't really have anything else I wanted to do, I guess. Mm. Dang. That's cool. So you went through these hard classes. Yeah. Did you, did you say you had another internship? After yeah, that there was a second internship. And so the way the program kind of works is cool. So first you interview to get into the program itself, mm-hmm. then the MECOP program. Then you, after you're in, used to have a second round of interviews in front of like 30 people that are company representatives from a mm-hmm. bunch of different tech companies in the Pacific Northwest. They give picks to each company. And then they draft kids basically on what they think they they should be good, like interesting, like how good they think they are. Is this um is this program just for students of color or for no. is it open to everyone? It's open to everyone at mm. OSU, OIT, um, PSU, and University of Portland. Dang. Yeah. So how was the how was the interviews like? What kind of stuff did they ask you about? I think to get in, they ask you about like a challenging time, like. A time you faced adversity so it was it was not like technical they don't ask you coding questions or anything like that they ask you about your experiences in school a little bit that one's a little bit more like intimidating because you sit in front of 30 company representatives and they ask you about your classes like what did you learn in this one what can you tell me about this but nothing like coding que- coding interviews are pretty well known for being super tough and like they actually make you like write a coding algorithm on a whiteboard or give you tests but that That's, one isn't that like that scariest yeah <laughs> that that one isn't like that that one's uh 
that one's still asking you about your classes, what you know, but they don't ask you to code on the spot. Mm. And I remember one guy was like asking me a lot of questions and I know you don't know who these guys are really because you don't have a chance to meet them very well. You have like five minutes to go around and talk to the room before you start interviewing. But I remember one guy asked me a few questions. Later on came to find out that he he ended up drafting me to HP. HP is in Corvallis. Yeah. You just never know, huh? Yeah, you never know. You just be nice to people, I guess. And then because they know about you, they have your resume and everything. And then you just got to give a good impression. And basically, that's all they have to go forth on. And Mm. it was cool. Six months at HP. How was that? Like, think about it. Like, so, you know, like, you're moving around all your life, struggling. Your family gets evicted. And now you're sitting at HP. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's cool. You're like, man, HP is like a Fortune 500 company. You're, You're like at this. It's a big campus. I'm talking like. Like, you know, the size of George Fox, your school, it's yeah, probably yeah. that big. And like they have like soccer fields, they have basketball courts outside, they have gyms on the inside. You know, they and have it's all, in Corvallis. Yeah, it's in Corvallis. They have a big plot of land. So they have a lot of amenities. And I was working on like these giant printing presses. They, they're they like, uh, you know, like all the things you see printed on boxes, all the things mm. you see like giant banners on. It's like yeah. these giant presses that print all those things. So I was working as a firmware development engineer at that point which is basically like going down to the nitty-gritty of the machine like telling the machine to do exactly what you wanted to do through software so that was pretty cool and uh was it still like a big culture shock at hp yeah but i think at that point i was more prepared for it like Mm. uh that company was older the people around me were 50 60 my my mentors were older so i didn't have like lunch with them as often i didn't go out with them as often like at the other place <laughs> but they they are bigger so they get a bigger intern group so they got okay. like i think they probably had over 100 interns that year so i met a lot of people through and that's not just necessarily from the MECOT program there was people from stanford there's people from berkeley there's people from all over the west coast i'm pretty sure I think the one real challenging part about that was those two things. I think like in the first week that I started, I got a text from my cousin. He's like, hey, man, just want to let you know that your dad's sick. He's in the hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in Corvallis. They're up in Woodburn. And so I remember it was like 5 p.m. So I was ready to head out. But I'm like, man. Um, Corvallis to Woodburn, that's like two hours. It's like an hour. It's like an hour drive. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm like what the heck, what, what's going on with my dad? So he just told me, like, he's at a hospital in Tualatin because he works in Westland, so that's the closest mm-hmm. hospital, I guess. I called the hospital, come to find out he had a heart attack. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, and so I'm like, I'm, I'm an hour away, I'm in Corvallis, find out my dad had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of money saved up. I'm like, man, what does this mean? I don't even know if my dad's okay. So I drive up an hour, come home, find, like, my mom and my brother's, so we went to go visit him at the hospital. He made it through. They gave him surgery. But you know, he's still like, he had to recover from that for yeah. months after. So on the weekends, I would come home to go work with him at the farm he was working at. Mm-hmm. And then Monday through Friday, I would work at HP. So that was kind of difficult. It's so amazing and so interesting when you're at this really big place, right? Like huge company, like they're doing all this crazy dope stuff. They're leading industries. And then you come home, 
but you still get that like humbling feeling of yeah. like, oh, your parents are still grinding, they're yeah. still working, this jobs and all that stuff. Like, it's so amazing, and you're just like, that's why I love going home. I love being home, close to home. Just like it, like kind of like it energizes me. Mm-hmm. So like you're like, oh shit, like you know this, like they're still going. Like I need to keep pushing through this, right? Yeah, it motivates you to 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 mm-hmm. be like. Sometimes you get a tough problem, and you're like, I don't know if I can do this. My parents can work super long hours and grueling and grueling heat and like on their knees. like And do it over and over again. Yeah. So you have to do it, you know? Damn, I'm about to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's cool. It, eventually, my dad, my dad got better. I, I kept doing my internship. It, it was going pretty well. I, I wanted to work at HP. I was like, so what's up? Are you guys going to hire me? Because I was going to graduate like a couple terms after my internship was over. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so what's up? Like, I've done pretty good. You guys going to hire me? And then they were kind of iffy about it. So I was like, well, if you guys aren't going to give me an answer, I'm going to go apply to jobs. And so I would go to career fairs. I met up with with a guy who worked at McAfee that I knew through the MECOP program. Mm. And he told me, look, here's my... And what's McAfee for, you know... Oh, yeah. McAfee is a cybersecurity company. They are in Hillsborough. Basically, mm-hmm. do a lot of antivirus that you know of. Like, if you ever buy a laptop, you've probably heard of McAfee. It'll pop up on your computer at some mm-hmm. point or another. Um, I met up with a guy from McAfee at one of the career fairs, and he said, Here, look, take my card, go to our career section, apply to all the jobs that you see that you're fit, send me all the numbers, and I'll reach out to every single manager that's that's out there that you applied for. <laughs> and and we'll try to get you in. And I was like, all right, bet. And then... Bet. <laughs> and so I went home. You know, I was like, HP's not going to hire me. They're not giving me an offer, nothing. I'm going to go apply to, to this. And I applied to a bunch of jobs. I got an offer for a different company in Seattle. I remember they were bringing me out to uh, to go visit their, their office and the area to understand what it's going to be like. And so I remember I was getting a ride to the airport. I get a call. I remember I had already interviewed for McAfee. I get a call and they're like, hey, we want to offer you a position at, at McAfee. And I'm like, oh, dang. sick. I'm going to take that. I'm not going to go to Seattle. I want to stay closer to home. Let me cancel this flight <laughs> yeah. real quick. I still went. I still went. <laughs> That's good. Free trip. <laughs> yeah. I went and I knew at, at that point in my mind, like, I'm taking McAfee. But the thing was, they wanted me to start in January and I still had like six months of school to go. School, uh-huh. I was like, I can do it, whatever. So I, I accepted their position. I worked for six months full time and then I finished up the rest of my degree online and driving back and forth to Corvallis for a class, I think. It was school full time for both terms. Was it hard, like managing, like, you know, you're starting your first job full-time but then at the same time you're still a full-time student yeah it was pretty hard i remember i didn't have time for anything like i didn't have time to take care of my body i didn't have time to like do things that i liked like i really like playing guitar i stopped doing that like completely i i just was focusing on work and school but it was all pretty rewarding because one my job was pretty good i had a really good manager uh mm. yeah one of the best persons i've met in in my life. I had a really good manager. I was working towards something, right? The degree at that point, like I had my job, but that degree at that point was just so I could show my parents that, that I walked through it all. Yeah. 
So how was uh graduating? How was that? How was all that feeling? All those emotions? It was good. I think uh, my family showed up. Like not just my immediate family. A few of my cousins showed up. Uh, a couple of my friends showed up. Not you though. Hey, my bad. I was busy, bro. Hey, I was busy, bro. I didn't get an invite. That's why. A couple of my friends showed up. It was big. It's a big graduation at Oregon State. You know how it is. It's like it's probably even hard to pick me out out of the crowd, but it's good. It's a good feeling, and um, I think at the end of the day, I was just happy that I was able to like you know build up my savings a little bit through the six months. Um, mm-hmm. I was happy that McAfee. I I like. Went to McAfee, but I was like, hey, if you guys if you guys can help me out with school, that'd be cool. So they like completely reimbursed my tuition while I was working Dang, there. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you know I, I got to hug my parents at the end of it and be like, Look, this is what your what your struggles, what your hard work has been has been working toward. That's the cosecha right there. Yeah, I, I saw my I saw my brother, the one that's currently nineteen, he was a senior in high school. He was also graduating from from high school that year. Mm. And uh and I looked at him I think he was the first person that found me and he's like I was like he said congrats I think and I said you're next like it's your turn next mm. basically. Dang, that's yeah, that's dope. That's super inspiring. So then you graduate 2018. How was the rest of the your career at um at the company? It was good. I worked there for 2 years. Uh at the end they started making some changes. They basically let go of my team and like a hundred other people. It was pretty sad because, like, my boss, the person that I told you was like one of the best people I've met, mm-hmm. got let go as well. Uh, Dang! All of my team, basically, all these people that I had worked with for two years that I was like had really grown to like and like, you know, had been in the trenches with for two years, yep. basically, all gone. Had to find new places. Wasn't going to be with them every day. So, yeah, I mean, I kept applying to different places. I went through a lot of technical interviews and eventually landed at another cybersecurity company, which is where nice. I'm at now, Force Point. And I've been working here since the start of January. Cool. And so what exactly, like, what's your job title and what do you do? All right. So I'm a software engineer for an endpoint product on Windows machines. So basically, this is a a program that gets installed onto Windows products that lets you block and and stop people from sharing sensitive information to the web, to outside components, like outside memory devices, like flash drives and things like that. And it also has like a web protection component where it protects people from, like when they're surfing the web, it gives ratings of what websites are good, what, what's bad and what things are being downloaded. So I work on these products, like specifically writing code that makes things work. Sometimes there's bugs that come in from customers and I have to solve their case by going into the code and seeing what's going on picking out the code and fixing mm. it if there was an error from the original writer. That sounds hard. <laughs> it, it can be. It can be. But I think sometimes I do find a point where I'm like, I don't know if I can solve this. But again, the same feeling comes up where it's like, why not me? Like, why can't I? What, what, what's stopping you? Why are you? Why are you not able to? And other people are like, you're not any less than them, you know? Like, you got to always have that balance of humility and confidence, I guess. And I know um, you didn't mention this, but um, this company isn't here in Oregon. No, it's in Austin, Texas. So when they hired me, they hired me to go to Austin, Texas. But you know me, I'm a mama's boy. I don't want to go <laughs> far away. It's not, it's not 
it's not something I want to do right now, especially with what had gone on with my dad a couple of years. I feel yeah. like I had to take care of him. You know, that's just the feeling yeah. that I have. And then I sent my my manager, the person who was going to be my manager, a letter. And I said, hey, is there any way that I can do this remotely from my house? And she wasn't too keen on the idea. She didn't she didn't like really agree with it yet. And I said, hey, what if I send you a couple letters of recommendation? She said, well, send me them and then we'll talk about it. So I reached out to my manager at Precoa, the first internship. I reached out to my manager at HP. I reached out to the engineering lead that was at HP, but was now working at Facebook. Mm -hmm. I reached out to my manager at McAfee. I reached out to a mentor that I had throughout college and they gave me five letters of rec. So I sent all five of them to her and it was like, dun, 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 dun. yeah, I was like, look, people, people were out here vouching for me and people in like positions of power at big companies. Yeah. She said, I remember her message was like, these letters are glowing. We're going to, we're going to offer you a remote position. So that's fucking dope. Yeah. And I eventually they did and I didn't have to think twice. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is where I'm going to go. Yeah. It's been good thus far. They, they've, They've allowed me to travel. I went down to California to go meet with the team nice. that they had down there. I We have meetings every day. I mean, people are getting used to being remote now that everyone yeah. has to, right? You have to do Zoom. You have to stay in constant communication. But it's all doable, I feel like. And you just got to stay focused, really. It's easy to get distracted. But if you know what you got to do, you set a plan for yourself. It's easy to stay focused. All I can think of is um, when you were... You said you were going through Chemeca and you were you were going to school and you were working at Levi's and then you were also like there was times where you went to work at the fields. Yeah. And now you're a fucking software engineer working for a company based in in Texas. Yeah. But you work from your house, bro. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh humbling. I I like I don't wanna sound like big head or anything. Like I don't wanna go back. I don't want to ever want to lose this position that I'm at, but I, but I want to able be able to give back to the people that, like, brought me up, you know, like, or the people yeah. that I worked with, because you see a lot of the struggles. They're like they have, like, my coworkers in the fields. They have kids that they're like living paycheck to paycheck. Basically, mm -hmm. they're my story a couple years before. Yeah. And so, work hard to try to make funds to try to give back at some point, right? Yeah, first of all, that was fucking amazing, dude. An amazing story. Um, Thanks, bro. And now, like, what are what's your future look like? Like, what goals do you have for yourself? Yeah, I was watching your your other episodes, and I saw that you said that to people. You said five years, and I was kind of thinking about it. Um, I don't know. I think I want to become a better engineer. I think yeah. I work every day to see what can I learn. Like, if I learn something in a day, I know it was a successful day. And if I learn something every day for a week, like think about that, I'm just building myself as time goes on. So yeah, I wanna become, for sure, I should probably be a senior engineer at least mm. in five years. That's that's my goal. And I think the other things are just things that like, in my everyday life, like I wanna be a better older brother, I wanna be a better son, I wanna be, you know, a better friend, a better person, I guess, by the end mm. of five years, I know that like the same way, if you look at life, like every day, I want to be a little bit better. By the end of it, you'll you'll have grown in a couple of years. Yeah, dang, that's awesome. And yeah, like I mean, all the people who I've experienced, like who I've ran into in my life, in my experience that have helped me out, haven't been like 
these super good engineers or anything, it's always because that they're really good people that they're willing to help you out. So if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm really skilled, it means nothing if I can't share those skills with others or if I'm not yeah. willing to. So my goal is to be really skilled and really willing to help those that are coming up and those that need it, I guess. Dang, that's dope, bro. Um, and the last part, um, of course, is the La Receta. So what are the ingredients that went into your receta? What ingredients would you say that made you that other kids that are looking, you know, looking up to you or like that are thinking and going into coding or computer science? Like what ingredients should they, you know, like should they look at? Yeah, for me, a big part of my support group was my family. So I think mm-hmm. whether that's an opportunity for them or not to find a support group, to find your family somewhere. Um the other part is a lot of it's going to be hard work. Even when you feel like you've made it, you still have work in front of you. Like right now, currently I have to, I, like I have my job and it's nice and all, but I still have to put my head down and put in work if I want to be where I want to in five years. So hard work, hard work means a lot. Find inspirations around you that, that motivate you. For me, it's my parents. For me, it's the people around me, the people working hard that made the trip from Mexico, not for nothing, but to push forward for generations ahead of them. And then lastly, I guess it's passion. Don't don't go into coding for the money. Don't go into programming for the money. It's it's really hard to be a good programmer if you're just looking for for your check at the end of the week. You have to like math. You have to like the logic. You have to want to be there, I guess. Because if you don't like it, it's it's a grind that's gonna be it's gonna be too tough to really want to do every day if you don't like it. It's a really good ingredients, bro. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate this and, you know. Hey, yeah, for sure. Thank you for putting this together. I listened to your last two, your first two episodes, mm-hmm. and it's really well put together, and it's really inspiring to see people's stories and understand where they come from. Because at the end of the day, you get these professionals out on the field, and sometimes their stories aren't highlighted this way. Yeah. And you don't hear their voices, and you don't hear, unless you meet them, in person, face-to-face, through some way through your path, you don't hear them about them. And so setting the example for people coming up is good, man. Thank you, bro. I really, I really appreciate that. We're going to have some really good ones coming up, including yours. And yours actually was, um, there was um, there was a couple people that actually reached out to me. Um, it's so funny. Like, hey, is there going to be any, like, engineering or any computer science? I was like, all right, well, that's so crazy that people are asking me for that. Like, I know someone exactly who's who does that. That's so cool, thank, bro. Thanks again, bro. Yeah, thank you. send them my way, too, if they have questions. Send them I my bet. number. I'll send them your way. Sounds cool, man. Thank you for tuning in. La Receta is produced by myself, Miguel Lopezista, Sarita Wesley, and Lucy Dwyer from Wyden and Kennedy. Sound editing by Natalie Hazenga for Joint Editorial.